Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Rooted in Logos podcast. My name is Brad. I'm joined, as always, by one of the coolest guys in the catalog universe, Austin. Austin, how you holding up, man? I am. I'm. I'm doing excellent. I really good. am. I'm, yeah. I'm healthy. I'm alive, and I am here. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So we are at episode 46. I think I said that last week. Last week was episode 46. It wasn't. Last week is episode 45. Uh, today is episode 46. So we are going to be moving forward with Romans chapter 12. But man, I tell you what, a couple of things. Let's just start off with some positive, start out with some some good things. It's been a good week. You know, we, we've had, and those of you who know, you know. Those of you who don't know, you'll eventually know, probably. But we, you know, we've, <laughs> we've had a lot of stuff happening in the last yeah. seven or eight months. Just personal levels, church-wide, just everyone's been affected by a lot of different things. We, we talked about it after we came back from our little break, just the overt attacks that were happening to our church body and our church family. And things seem to be kind of calming down a little bit. Now, I say that... <laughs> yeah, why'd you say that? I say that with <laughs> a, a bit of hesitancy. But there were some victories that have been won in the last few days. There's some big victories. Some major victories yes. that have taken place, and we're, we're so grateful. So I have a renewed pep in my step. I think Austin does as well. And mm-hmm. it, along those lines, you know, we... I say this a lot, and, and people don't believe me, but like we want this to grow. We want this to be something bigger than what it is right now. Don't know exactly what it looks like, but I will say this. I do think within the next two or three months, we're going to have some announcements. We're going to have some things changing. We're going to just make some moves, and, yep. and it's going to take a little bit. We're, we talked a little bit today, but we're going to spend a lot of a decent amount of time, hopefully this weekend, hammering out some ideas and, and kind of going through where we want to take this and the different avenues we have and maybe open to us and so we're hoping in the next two or three months we'll have some announcements and things to kind of push this forward you know just to kind of give you just a little peek into inside my head i you know i think of you know i like to write um hopefully by the end of this year one of us (laughs) hopefully by the end of this year i'll have a master's degree um schooling will be over and i can focus on different things that that i'm then what i'm focusing on now and if that's the case, and if that happens, you know, I think there's going to be a writing component to what we do. I, I, I want to get this idea of training Christians to be solid in their faith, not just I go to church on Sundays and read mm-hmm. the Bible every now and then. Lukewarm to radical. Yeah, and and to being able to stand up to the the different arguments against Christianity that are out there that you mm-hmm. will face on a daily basis out in the world. Maybe not overtly they're going to say, you're wrong because of this, they're, but you're going to have this conversation. I mean, how many times do you have a conversation with someone that says, man, I just can't, I just don't believe because this, this, and this. Yeah. Or how can a God do this, this, and this? Or how can this happen because of the, you know, give you some tools to yeah. say, hey, here's, you know, I'm doing a lot of reading on that subject right now, just through school. And while it's good information, it's very lofty academic level of information. And I'm like, man, I want to find, and I'm sure it's out there, but like, I want to do my part to kind of bring some of that down to people like you and me. Oh yeah. (laughs) Where we can understand this and not have to read the same paragraph seven times like I'm doing right now (laughs) just to get it to sink in. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I don't know, just some ideas, different ministries will support and, you know, I'm I'm open to having advertisers on here to kind of make a little bit of money to put into the ministry, put into different ministry. I don't know. The sky's the limit in my mind. Maybe I'm just excited. I don't know. <laughs> but uh <laughs> no, for sure definitely. Yeah, the the ideas that we have, uh, definitely with prayer, 
asking Lord, all right, these are our desires. These are our aspirations. What would you like us to do? <laughs> like we were talking about last week, um, m- making a plan going forward and doing it and then letting God determine our footsteps on where that leads and what it does. Right. And yeah, we're, we're pretty excited for what this year has in store. 2022 so. is going to be a good year. Amen. Just going to throw it out there. At least on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. So uh, we're excited. And, and so, you know, we usually try to open up with an icebreaker, which that kind of was, but talking a little bit of current events, a little bit what's in the news. Um, I do think we scored a major victory this last week in the Supreme Court. Agreed. Where they at least dismantled part of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate to where employers don't have or are not required to require vaccination or weekly testing. It does become up to individual employers. Unfortunately, it does seem like a lot of them have drank the Kool-Aid and it's still going to be an issue, but at least it's not going to be federally mandated, which is nice. Um, Unfortunately, they did keep the federal healthcare workers mandate in place, which I don't agree with either because, again, no one should force you to put something in your body you don't want to put in your body. It was, um, it was a kind of a win and a major loss. Yeah. So, kind of a win, major loss. so I'm happy that they, at least for the private employers of a hundred more employee, private employers with a hundred or more employees, that that mandate's not, not going to stand. Yeah. I, I'm a, 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 grateful for that. My job, I applied for my religious exemption because they started gearing up towards that. Mm. Don't know what that's going to look like now, but at least it's out there that, yeah. Hey, I ain't taking your shot. Oh, so, yeah. So anyway, that's kind of what's been in the news. I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to the news because I've been celebrating slash <laughs> doing schoolwork. So it's a good combination. And watching some football eh. when I can. Eh. At least it's on when I'm doing other things <laughs> in the background. Yeah. So anyway, that's where we are. We're excited. Um, I'm excited for just what's coming. I I, I know for me, um, I can't speak for Austin, but I know for me, I'm I want to be back in a ministry type role at some point mm-hmm. as a vocation, not just volunteer level, but actually making a living doing something oh, like yeah. this is, is kind of what I want to do. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to look or if it's going to look the way it is, but I can tell you concrete's not my passion. Um, <laughs> shocking. I know. Right. right. <laughs> but we'll see, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, de- definitely looking at it with what I do, um, tree trimming and stuff like that. I, I love what I do. And I, I love the guys I work with, but it's definitely, you know, I, I don't want to be there for my entire life. I want to do what I'm passionate about, which is Christ and his word. And if I can, if I can do that as, I mean, I don't even know something that again, trusting the Lord wherever he will take us. But if I, if I can do something like that, I would, man, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. So be my own boss. Maybe. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's just a little bit of update, some celebrations, just some good news. Art, I think we're starting to move for- towards. Obviously, more attacks are going to come, but yep. just different attacks, and hopefully not as insane as these last few have been. Just on our church, but not just me personally or Austin personally, but just as a church body as a yeah. whole, yeah. has just been rough. And so uh, we're hoping things kind of have turned a bit of a corner, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Knock on. The table here. <laughs> there the there we go. But uh, no. So anyway, we're excited. And all glory to God, honestly, because yeah. it, it's all him. It's it's miracles that only he could do. Yeah. And sure. we're thrilled. We couldn't be happier and more grateful. Um, it has revitalized a lot of faith in myself, 
not faith in myself, but inside faith inside of me. Just yeah, want yeah. you to. We got you. Okay, got thanks. You. So, so <laughs> this week, <laughs> great transition. Uh, this week we're gonna jump into Romans chapter twelve. We might not get through Romans twelve. I know we talked a couple weeks ago how this is a shorter chapter. Maybe there's a reason why it's a shorter chapter because there's <laughs> so much in it. There's a lot. And uh, Austin was talking today. He said, you know, he and his wife sat down and went through this and got through what eight verses of it. Yeah, maybe so. Two. <laughs> <laughs> right. So listen to a sermon that's just on the first two that was an hour and a half long or whatever, hour and 45 minutes. And yeah. So there's a lot here. We're going to unpack a lot. It's going to step on toes. It's going to step on my toes. Oh, I already yeah. know that, especially verses one and two. So <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're going to dive right in and uh, hopefully be able to kind of share some good insights and mm-hmm. kind of what Paul is was going for. So Romans 12. I'll start off reading the first few verses. Austin will jump in, finish it off, and we will uh, kind of get to discussing. So here we go. Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our, to our faith, if service in our serving... The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Again, there's so much there. Yeah. (laughs) So... Let's just dive right in. Uh, We're going to dive into verses 1 and 2. I think we'll probably split these up kind of the way they're split up in our Bibles. Both of of us use the ESV. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're the same. So verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is just spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and acceptable and perfect. Gets going, Austin. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So, at verse one. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. So, I appeal by the mercies of God. Um, the mercies 
of God, what are they? Basically, just look at what we've gone through for the past 11 chapters. Paul has been laying out the mercies of God and saying, this is it, wake up. God has shown you in both their lives, or just with Paul talking right now, in both their lives and Paul's lives, and Paul's life, things that could only be explained because of God. Just miraculous things, his mercies, just tremendous. Well, he's he's turning to application yes. of the theological principles that 1 through 11 contain. Exactly. Right? So we're going to start into that kind of shift into, okay, how do we apply everything we just talked about for the last 11 chapters? Yep. All those mercies we just learned about, now we're going to put them into play. Yeah. Yeah. The next part, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. So this is where it starts getting heavy. So it's, it's come to the Lord with your body as Christ did before the Father, not just uh, alive physically, but living and obedient to God through his word, the Logos. So this all is a part of your worship as we get into here in a little bit. When you come to him, you're presenting your body, okay? Um, as we've learned through other scriptures, um, scripture calls your your body a temple, right? In the Old Testament, they built the temple. Solomon built the temple that his his physical dad, David, designed. And once he built it, God himself, the presence of God, stayed in the temple. Okay, it was that physical representation of this is the place of God. F- further back before that with Moses, it was Mount Zion. Mount Zion mm. is still referred to as the place of God. But in, here in the New Testament, once you have been given the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is within you, your body is the physical representation of the temple. And not just the representation, but the physical manifestation of the temple. God, the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe, is inside of you at this time. And so, when you present your body to him as a physical sacrifice, or a living sacrifice, what does that look like? And again, it's it's not just, you know, it's physically alive, you know, if you come to God dead... <laughs> Certain other things will happen. Either right. he'll say, good, well done, my good and faithful servant, or I never knew you. But presenting him with your body is just such a momentous thing. You're saying, God, I am giving you literally the most precious thing I have. Uh, besides, I mean, even with me, my, my wife and my children are, in my mind, my most precious thing. But what is the literal, the only thing I have, only thing I have, and it's, it's my life. And he is saying, you give everything you have to God as a sacrifice. You're saying, and as we, we talked about in the past, the doulos, you're a slave to Christ. You are giving your body saying, I am yours. Literally do whatever you want with me. I mean, just look at it practically and, and what, what our body represents. I mean, first of all, we wear clothing, right? We hide certain parts of our body. Yeah. As part of that. And, and it is a... And this is going to sound weird, so just stay with me for with for a minute for a second. But it is a privilege for you to feel comfortable enough and safe enough within the right context, of course, context of marriage, for someone to see your full body. Right? You are opening up a can of worms. I know. No, but it's good. But, but it yes. is though. It, it yes. is. It is an. It should be considered an honor for you to be able to see your wife without her clothes, and vice mm. versa. And it should only be saved, of course, for that, because again, it is that intimate, safe, godly moment. Yeah. That's what we're to present to God. Yeah. Just our full selves. Vulnerable. 
our vulnerable full selves. Yeah. So obviously, I'm not saying you go pray without your clothes on. Like that's not what I'm. I mean, I guess you can you if you're can. in the show, whatever. But that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hear me out. You know, <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying though is is that kind of vulnerability, that kind of okay, here is literally ev- all of me, top to bottom, yeah. is yours. Yeah. And, and and again, we are called the bride of Christ. I think that fits within that reference of being the bride of Christ, is being yeah. able to present our entire selves to him, our full body. So we're going to go on this rabbit trail just for a second. Let's go. This is great. So <laughs> looking back at the beginning, right? Looking at uh, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Emily and I, we, we were talking about this actually just this past weekend. And it's interesting when... Adam and Eve sin when they eat of the the fruit, the banana. <laughs> um, what is the first thing that happens? They cover themselves from each other. They hide themselves yeah. from each other. They they sew together loincloth from fig leaves. They realize they're naked. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, yep. as soon as they ate, they realized they were naked. Yeah, but they hide their nakedness from each other, and then they hide from God. But going back to that that vulnerability, they look and they saw something was wrong, which. It wasn't wrong. I mean, God made us that way. We they walked with God in the garden naked. It wasn't it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't shameful until they had the knowledge of good and evil. But they covered themselves from each other. Fast forward that unto now, which again this opening major rabbit holes, but <laughs> but it's important. With the church, it is such a taboo subject, especially especially with women. <laughs> With guys, it, it's really not a big deal <laughs> without getting too weird or graphical. I played sports in high school. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, in, in it front, is what it in is. In front of your wife, uh, nakedness, it's uh, not a big deal. But for the woman, it is a very big deal. Yeah. And especially in the church nowadays, and for the past couple hundred years, it's been such a taboo subject. Even just talking about sex, it's... Oh, oh, just stay away from it. Oh, abstain, abstain, abstain. I'll just, uh, uh, it's bad. we're not even going to talk about it. No, that is, that is something that we need to be talking about as a church. And especially with these young women growing up, we need to be preparing them for this to where not just, oh, nakedness is bad. Don't be naked. Don't the whole no, no square type things. <laughs> I didn't even hear about that till like several years ago, but uh, not making it such a taboo subject so that when this young woman and this young man get married or just later on, whatever. It is not such a taboo subject, and she's more comfortable with her husband. And that is an issue that a lot of Christian couples have when they get married. And for this several years, the first several years of their marriage, the 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 woman is so self-conscious and so not wanting to present that vulnerableness to her husband. And not in the, I don't want to share it, but I don't know how. Right. It's been such a, a taboo and such a wrong thing. It's been bad. And now uh, on my marriage night, all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> all of a sudden. It's without, okay. Yeah. 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 So, But it, it goes back to that. Um, again, not spending too much time on the actual nakedness, but the vulnerability. And going back to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Again, vulnerability. It is the most... What's the word? It is the most natural thing to come to God and present everything to him. Again, back to Adam. Everything was just out for God. This is who I am. You made me. You know every cell, every fiber of my being. Literally, why would you hide anything from him? You can't. So be open, be vulnerable, come to God as a living sacrifice with your body and say, here I am literally, God, do anything you want with me. Because I'm yours. 
And it goes back for me, it goes back to Joshua 24, 15, choose you this day whom you'll serve. And it's not just, okay, you become a Christian, you say, okay, this day I'm choosing to serve God and rest of your life is history. No, it's more in depth than that. It's every day you wake up this day, choose this day whom you'll serve. And you have to choose every day, multiple times a day, almost every second of the day, depending on what's going on in your life. Well, it, it's similar to similar to a marriage, similar to love, a relationship. You have to choose to love your wife, choose to love your husband on a daily basis. It's not just this warm, fuzzy feeling yeah. 24-7 constantly. Yeah. I promise you, me, <laughs> I did not have the warm, fuzzy feelings a lot of times in these last few months about my relationship with God. There was not that warm fuzziness of like, I really love you today mm. in a emotional sense. Yes, it had to be a choice, it ha- and it was a struggle, and it is a, it, it will still be a struggle as a, as a believer the for the rest life. of your life. Yeah. But it is a struggle to say, no, today I am going to choose to love him with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, all of my strength, and present him my entirety on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. You have to make that choice, because you won't feel like it all the time. In fact, you probably won't feel like it very often. Let's just be honest. You won't. At least when it comes to God. I don't know how it is with marriage, because... You know, never had it, never been it. <laughs> but uh, I assume it's a similar scenario in marriage, where it's like there are going to be days where you just don't feel like it, but you you have to make that choice. Yeah, you have you have to put in the work. You do, yeah. or else your relationship will go to shambles. And that's why a lot of a lot of people get divorces. A lot of Christian couples get divorces because they don't put in the proper time that they need to, or they're not putting in the the effort that they need to again this this is going into well but it makes sense as to why the bible compares our relationship to christ with a marriage exactly because the the concepts are pretty dang similar just especially for me on the outside looking in of of marriage yeah. they just seem so similar yeah so definitely 100 percent. that's fun yeah <laughs> all right so and so moving on to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god so this is another big one, holy and acceptable. We are called to be holy as he is holy. And that is 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 15 through 16. So what is holy? Holy, um, if you look in the Hebrew word, the root word for holy in Hebrew is to cut. And it is to set apart or to cut away to be separate. And just pouring through scripture you know, whenever it's talking about God being holy, talking about the holiness of God, literally there is nothing in creation from beginning to end like God. There is nothing that you could hold up and say, this is like him. No angel, no mountain, nothing. Literally, there is nothing like God. There is nothing holy like God. He is set apart all his own. He is cut apart from this wretched, sinful, evil place we are, we are, and we are in. So the holiness of God, and I, just uh, being convicted of it, even just today, uh, listening to a Paul Washer sermon on Romans chapter twelve, just verses one and two, and talking about holiness, and when it says, "What what is holiness?" And if your answer is, "Oh, just this, you know, peace and purity and <clears throat> stuff like this," Paul was basically like. You have such a simplistic view of holiness. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I do. And But it's true. And to truly dive into Scripture and look at what is holy and what makes God holy. And it is truly, He is so far set apart from us that 
in in the Jewish culture, whenever they would uh, the word Adonai in Hebrew is is God, not just you no know, God, but God, God. Yeah. Adonai is God. Baruch Atah Adonai, blessed be God. And it was um, again not scriptural, but when when they're adding all these laws, it was a sin to incorporate Adonai into the sentence of something that was not holy. And it literally could just be talking about someone doing something wrong. But if you added Adonai into that sentence, it would be you're blaspheming God. And I I kind of lean towards that way because I'm like, yes, that's very uh, the Jewish side was dog- very very legalistic and it's dogmatic. Yeah, yeah. But I love the premise because the mentality is they are putting again God at such a high level, which he should be the most high level, saying that anything that you were associating God with is that has nothing to do with God is basically blasphemous. And so it's putting God on the proper level which he is meant to be on, and that is holy. That is holy. So, okay, now we have this mental picture of holiness. Hopefully, hopefully that's working. (laughs) Um, So once you have presented yourself to God, are you a truly acceptable sacrifice? And what does that look like? So uh, a couple main examples when you're talking about, you know, sin. Uh, the main examples are basically are you're not going around murdering, being a part of orgies, you're stealing, practicing homosexuality, sex before marriage, sorcery, drunkenness, fits of anger, envy, etc. Stuff like that uh, is in uh, Galatians. When you talk about fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. that's there. Uh, ones that are typically known, they're known as Christian sins, sins that Christians like to overlook a lot. And it's gluttony, eating whatever you want, whatever you want, as much as you want indulgence, self-control, self-discipline of our money, our bodies, our minds, not wanting to deny our fleshly desires. Uh, A good good rule of thumb, which I I try to think of a lot, is if your flesh desires it, it is probably not of God. So especially if your body is addicted to it, like coffee, sugar, TV, movies, video games, social media, cigarettes, alcohol, etc., Anything that you are constantly satisfying your fleshly desires over and over without restraint. More than likely, that is not of God. And, and that's what we're looking at. You know, is your body truly, um, as he says, um, acceptable? Is it an, yeah. an acceptable sacrifice to God? Well, let's start real quick at just the very beginning of this, too. Presenting your, how, how do you present yourself as holy to God? The only way you can do that is with the blood of Jesus. Yes. So I just want to throw that out there, too, before, as we get deeper into this, that's the base level. That is where Mm -hmm. it starts. So the only way God is going to see you as holy, because again, what are our good works? They're filthy rags in the eyes of God. So the best thing I can do on this earth, whatever that is, take your pick of whatever good deed that would be, that's still the word. It's still filthy to to God. It's still disgusting to him in his eyes without looking at through the lens of Christ and the lens of the blood of Christ. And so, you know, you think of the whole... The old hymn, are you washed in the blood? Mm, you know, yeah. Washed in the blood of the lamb. That's it. Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Do you, have you accepted Christ's sacrifice? And can God look at you through the eyes of Christ's sacrifice? Yeah. If he can, that's where you start. Yes. And then you build from there and become more like Christ and become sanctified. And you start going through these specific 
areas of your life where you need to start tightening things down and start, yeah. you know, making some changes that Austin and I are going to get into here in just a second. So that, I just want to make sure that was where we started. Yes. That a to present yourself to God as holy can only happen if you have Christ. Right. Which, Period. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into more, but you're not holy. We're, uh, we're meant to, we're called to be holy as Christ is holy. But you're not. But you're not. Yeah. And you never will be until you get to heaven. Right. And it's that, you, you know, trying to be perfect, you'll never be perfect, but we're trying to be. So we're trying to be holy. And like Brad said, the only way that we can present ourselves as holy and acceptable to God is by way of Christ, because Christ is accept- Christ is presenting us holy and acceptable to God. So yeah, that's a big one. Uh, what uh, A good quote that I really like of Paul Washer is whenever he's asked, um, do you believe that if we're, no, it's do you b- believe that we are saved by works? And Paul says, yes, yes, I do. And they give him a weird look and he says, by the works of Christ, because <laughs> it is only by the works of Christ that we are saved. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, back into it. So that's where moderation comes in. Uh, so I have some scripture I'm going to look up. Um, when we're looking at these things that we're doing as Christians, so like like I listed coffee. Coffee is not evil. You're not going to drink coffee and go to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is when it becomes an addiction, when it becomes you have to have it for a, a reason. And for me, this is actually a very big one with churches. There's there's actually a, a Mercy Me I be, or a Casting Crowns. I think it's Casting Crowns song about that, you know, basically coffee bars in the lobby. If if a church doesn't have a coffee bar in the lobby, are are people going to leave the church because right. of that? And I, I see people during the service will get up two to three times to go refill their coffee. Why? I, I don't know. Is it just because they like coffee? Sure. But do they need coffee that much that they can't sit through the service and just wait? My wife and I, we've made it a a practice that when we get into church, we will not get coffee for the service. We won't. We will not bring any drinks in there just because why? You don't need it. Not you can wait the hour it takes to to listen to the service before you go get coffee. We'll get coffee to go to uh, Sunday school. So it, and again, not saying coffee is evil. Right. But why? Why do you need it that much? So looking at moderation, we're going to go to little behind the scenes uh, on this, it looks like Austin might be having trouble reading his own handwriting. I just needed it closer. I might need glasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll Join see. the club. Right. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So that's Paul talking uh, mainly about fleeting sexual immorality, and it goes into a lot more stuff there. But looking again, looking at coffee or looking at sugar, looking at movies, is it unlawful for you to watch the movies, to drink the coffee, to eat a bag of gummy worms? No, it's not. But when it starts controlling your life, as it says, I will not be dominated by anything. Are you dominated by how much coffee you drink, how much soda you drink? getting into the harder things, how much alcohol you're drinking, uh, how many cigarettes you are having a day. <clears throat> that gets into a lot of things. And it it can go so many ways. I mean, there, there's so many things. It, it, it can be sex. It can be porn. It can be mm-hmm. the company of somebody else. Like, there, there's so many things that 
with the exception of porn, what I just said there, but there's so many things that aren't in and of themselves bad things. Yeah. They just end up taking the place of God and taking the place of, you're trying to fill that void that, that isn't going to be filled by anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and or anything else or, or whatever. So yeah, it's exactly right. It's knowing what place these things should have in your life. Exactly. Just, I did mention porn just kind of in passing. That should have no place in your that life. That should have no place. None whatsoever. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Other stuff, you know, a candy bar here and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Again, look Coffee. It, yeah. It's what place in your life are those things? Like how, how high, highly rated are they in your yeah. priority list? Yeah. And, and again, looking at context, looking at an acceptable sacrifice to God. You have the main sins like that, which side note, pornography is actually the root word. So sexual immorality, the Greek is pornos, which is where we get the word pornography. That's that's evil. That's bad. That is very bad. No matter how you try to put that, <laughs> which I've heard some crazy defense for the marriage, as oh. in like the uh, oh, what is um inside the the marriage bed pornography. That which again that might be an episode because that's getting into a lot of stuff. But no, that is not okay. That is not okay. Anyway, so that's <laughs> that's a bad thing. So okay. <laughs> Some of that, summing that little rabbit trail up. Yeah, porn is bad. Porn is bad. Stay away from it. Well, real quick, sexual immorality is. Correct me if I'm wrong here. It is the one sin that we're told to flee from. Yes, we're not told to fight. We're not told to stand up to it. We're told to flee from it. Yes, run away from this sin. Yes, because it is so all all encompassing. It it just envelops you. It is not just a sin against God, but it is also a sin against yourself. Right. And, yeah. and it it does. It I mean there's so many studies that I've that I've read and it it changes your brain structure. It changes the chemical balance of your brain. It and it it's just That's what happens when rot enters your mind. It does. And it yeah. it physically can it can physically change the structure of your brain, not yeah. just the chemicals in your brain, the dopamine and, and different endorphins. Yeah. It can change the physical structure of your brain and it, it leads it does not lead anywhere good. No. Like, I've never heard somebody say, you know, I, I just I really like where that porn led me. Gosh. I really like the path yeah. I went down that that doesn't happen. It's no. not even even on a non believer's side of things, when they get addicted and which it is an addiction and they get into that lifestyle, never once heard anyone say, you know, that was a good time in my life. Even for those who don't believe in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So it's bad all around. Bad. Bad anyway, all the way around. we're sorry. Next, next. Uh, well, we're not sorry, but yeah. Back to keep it. going. Verse <laughs> it, one. Uh, Still, <laughs> uh, yeah. Verse one. So Ephesians uh, chapter five, verse eighteen. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, ju- just looking at moderation. Do not be drunk with with alcohol. Don't don't be drunk with wine. Moderation. Moderation. Next, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That is an important one. You were called for freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as opportunity. And We'll talk more about that here in a little bit too, but that, that thought of, as Christians nowadays, it's, oh, well, I have freedom in Christ. We're we're free in Christ, and we're no longer held by, you know, the Old Testament legalistic Jewish views anymore. The law, we're not held down by the law anymore. So, you know, we we have freedom in Christ. It's like yes, we have freedom in Christ, but not to 
continue sinning. <laughs> Which, have, what have we been talking about the past... However many weeks. However yeah. many weeks. Yeah. We have freedom in Christ to live for Christ and to live a life that is fulfilling, to live a life that is... Where you're able to be content and it's it's enjoyable and it's... Man, I, you know, I've had my, you know, not struggles with alcoholism, but I've had my periods in life where I've been a little more loose with alcohol than I should be. And I can promise you this, the fun I have with my brothers and sisters in Christ, just getting together and talking, playing a game, just enjoying fellowship, without any of those other outside activities, is so much better and so much more fulfilling and rewarding yeah. than any kind of fun I could have at a club or at a, at a bar or, or wherever. It's all about understanding your freedom is your freedom to live free from sin. Yes. <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. And again, just, I don't know, find your freedom in Christ it's so much more fulfilling. It's so much better. Yeah. Life is so much easier in those moments when you are understanding, man, I don't have to do these things to, quote unquote, have a good time, or I don't have to do these things to be fulfilled. Yeah. I can be fulfilled just through him. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Easier said than done at times, of it course. It is true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 16. Uh, this is a little bit more brash, I guess you could say, but this is solid words of wisdom, Okay. So, so if you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. Okay, so honey, it, I I really like honey. I do. I I got some a couple hives over or the beginning of spring, and I've been taking care of the bees, and it's been such a cool and awesome experience. And um, looking at the honey, I I could eat honey all day long. <laughs> But it's that mentality of something good and is awesome and something that God has made like honey. If you eat too much of it, you will throw it up. You will. Water. You drink too much water, you will throw water up. Just if you... I'm trying to summarize that up. Eat only enough for you. Do not be gluttonous. That goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Gluttony and indulgence. Yeah. These things that Christians like to overlook. Uh, especially American Christians. Especially American Christians. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would just say Western Christians. Western Christians, yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Because uh, third world country Christians That's don't, definitely not an they issue. don't have this issue. Yeah. Um, us fat, lazy American <laughs> Christians, we do. Yeah. And it is a big problem. That's that's one thing that I myself am working on. Well, and it, for me, well, I, oh, I, almost, <laughs> I almost said for me, and I hate that. But like when I when I think about gluttony and I think about this issue, it... it it goes beyond eating unhealthy, which I think is a separate issue, okay? Like, I think that is part of taking care of, of your temple and taking care of yourself is eating healthy. Yes. Something I struggle with for sure. Gluttony is this overindulgent, selfish, food is an idol type mentality. Yes. It, go, it does go beyond just, I ate Taco Bell for dinner when I should have eaten a chicken breast, right? right. It goes beyond that. That's a different issue. That, yeah. And it is an issue. It's something we need to think about. Not that you can't have Taco Bell every now and then, but like you need to be healthy because that's part of your... Are you eating Taco Bell every day? Right. That, that's part of your living sacrifice is to say, hey, I'm going to take care of what I put in here because I can better serve you when I feel good physically and I can yes. when, I, when I'm healthy. So it goes beyond just... It's this... I'm just going to eat just for the sake of eating. Yeah. I mean, I make a joke every now and then when I'm full, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, stuff like that. When you have these just elaborate meals and everything's good and you're stuffed and you're like, well, it's time for dessert. 
gosh, I'm not hungry. And I'm like, well, what does hunger have to do with eating? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's dessert time. Exactly. You know, it, it's... It is that live to eat versus you're eating to live. Right. Yeah. So, I want you to know where we're coming from with this. It's yes. like, yes, eating healthy is important, and that is... Your body. Your body. Temple, exactly. The temple. Yep. Going to Taco Bell every now and then is not a sin. Like, you're fine. Yes. It's now, is it constant Taco Bell? Then maybe there's an issue. But it is that over gluttonous, selfish eating. Indulgence. Indulgent eating. Yes. Eating as almost as an idol. That's where we're going with, with gluttony. Um, there's a scene in The Hunger Games, which I don't know if you've ever seen the movies or read the books. I actually think they're really good and they tell a pretty powerful story. Yeah. I think. It, not Christian by any means, but they tell a pretty powerful story. Honestly, kind of a conservative book slash movie if you if you really look at it, but that's whatever. Different topic. Different topic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene when Peta and Katniss are yeah, in the Capitol okay. and they're at this ball or this feast in their honor as went as the previous winners of the Hunger Games, the last Hunger Games. And this guy offers them a new a drink. Uh, no, he offers them a, something to eat. Yeah. And Peta goes, I'm stuffed. I can't eat anything else. And he goes, We'll drink this. What is this? What's well, going to make you v- sick so you can try everything else? Yeah. How could you try everything if you didn't take this to, to make yourself throw up? And he's like, man, people are starving. And here we are making ourselves throw up so we can keep eating. Yeah. It just made him sick. And it's like, yeah. man, that, that's, that's the mentality we're fighting against when, it, when, we're, when we talk about gluttony. Yep. It's this mentality of, I'm, I'm going to eat because I can. Eat whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, as much as I want. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, a little bit more wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 23, verse 20, verse through 21. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. Uh, so one of the the best, like not really analogies, just an example is, okay, you're eating Taco Bell every day, you're eating pizza every day. At some point, the money is going to run out. Right. You will not have the money to pay your your rent, your mortgage, because you are spending all that money on going out to eat, on buying your top-level booze. I mean, whatever it may be, do not even be around them, King Solomon is saying, because basically it'll lead to ruin. Right. So stay away from them. Yeah. The, yeah. Stay away from those who are, well, always drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Not just on alcohol, but right. food too. Yeah. So- when you are looking at presenting your body, okay, as an acceptable sacrifice to God, just like you are going up for communion, you are reflecting. You are uh, intros- introspective. Intr- yeah. Intro- yeah. Introspective. Introspective. You are looking at yourself, again, to present yourself to God as a holy, acceptable sacrifice to God. So reflect on your life. And if you're struggling, struggling with any of these, work on it. Uh, so this this also this doesn't mean that don't present yourself unless you have all of your sins in check because that's that's never going to happen. But we are continually presenting our bodies to God. So come to Him as you are, but also continuing in change to make to make yourself look more like Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So yeah, don't don't reflect on yourself. And the proper response should be, "I am so evil and wicked." I I should, Lord God, don't even look at me. Honestly, that, that should be your response every single time you reflect on yourself. But then take that step back and be like, okay, it is because of Christ that I can present myself. And I don't have to work all my sins out before I do this, 
but you need to be able to see this. You need to work on it and there has to be change. Again, we, we've talked about it in previous episodes. It's why there's such a delicate balance when, when it comes to sharing the gospel and, and preaching the gospel in a church setting or in a ministry setting, or specifically in an outreach setting, where there has to be a balance from those who are presenting the gospel of come as you are. Like you just said, we don't have to have everything worked out to come to God. We're not going to have everything worked out to come to God, because thank God, He doesn't require that. Yeah, because we wouldn't live up to that. We wouldn't meet that standard, and it would be hopeless. So where there's that balance of, hey, you come as you are. You you do not have to change your shirt before you come to God. Yeah, right. You don't have to have everything together and put together and and be sin free and be lust free or be drunk free. You don't have to have that to to come to God. Yeah. You come to God right where you are when you feel His calling. But then the the, the conversation shifts from Okay, you still aren't going to have everything together, but we need to start getting there. We need to start moving towards that. Once that happens, once you've come to God and you said, okay, I have nothing going for me, Mm -hmm. it is all you, that's when the work begins. And we, that's where we, especially in the the West, in America, we fail. We get them to that point where we say, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are, and then we just leave them there. No change. No change. And we just start, bumper sticker Christianity takes takes over. The feel good, love, peace, Christ is love. Yeah. Yeah. When the conversion happens, it is imp- so important to start coming alongside and say, okay, now is when things get tough. Yeah. And this is where we're going to have to start struggling and start fighting. And the change comes because of God and because of Christ, but you have to start pursuing it. Yes. So, first one I, I go to is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciled, the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And that's just it. We are a new creation. Like Brad said, once you have that conversion moment, you are now, you have the Holy Spirit and that drop off of, okay, now let's look at your life. Are, are you dealing with these things? Like the, the big ones, um, pornography, the sexual immorality, um, drunkenness, drunkenness, orgies, uh, sky's the limit yeah. <laughs> when it comes to sin. Uh, the big ones or the little ones, like uh, you're, you're, you're deceptive, you're the gluttony, the yeah. indulgence, stuff like that. Yeah. And say, okay, this this has to change. Not right now, like everything stops. You have to be perfect now, but there has to be a change. There has to be visible change. It, it, we talk about, or I mentioned, you know, how bumper sticker Christianity has become such a huge problem because we get them to the come as you are part, and then we leave out the change part. You're fine how you are. And there was a, a yeah. recent tweet or, or Facebook post of a very well-known pastor. It was a sermon. And, and you know what? I'm, gonna, I, I'm just going to call him Stephen Furtick. Call him out. Stephen Furtick. St- Stephen yep. Furtick um, put out a, a post, and it may have been on, uh, part of a larger sermon, but the post I watched, was... I watched the sermon. Something to the effect of, Jesus doesn't change you. you, you he makes you who you already he were. He reveals who you truly are. Right. There you go. That's what it was. Thank and, you. And in the sermon, he stopped there, and when he's, and he says, reveals who you truly are, he starts clapping for himself. 
and then all all the congregation is clapping and saying amen. Yeah. And and my wife and I were watching that and it just like this cold chill like oh my goodness. Yeah. Again, yeah. the grace of God, the grace of Christ, um if it wasn't for Christ, he should have been smote right there. <laughs> but because yeah. it flies right in the face of that passage you just read. Mm-hmm. You are a new creation, a brand new creation. He takes out your heart of stone Puts in a heart of flesh, right? You are a new being yes. in that moment, and there, ch- and the change will happen naturally. You will want to change. We've we've talked about that at length. We're not going to get into that again. Yeah, yeah. But recap: it's just so important to hammer that home and to understand what verse one means, guys. We are forty-five minutes into this episode talking about this. We're actually recording-wise fifty-five minutes into this. And we're on verse one. Verse one, and it's convicting me. I yeah. hope. I hope it's convicting you. I hope. I hope it's encouraging you, but also saying, "Hey, ooh, ooh, there's some things. Yeah, you know, there's some areas I'm struggling. Yeah. Anyway, no, for, I'm yeah, also for just sure. really excited and in such a good mood right now that I just want to keep talking. So happy with God and just well, happy hey, with everything. If we finish <laughs> verse one, I'll be happy. <laughs> we're we're almost there. We'll get yeah. there. So with all that in mind, with okay, a new creation c- coming from the old to the new. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation, under heaven in which, end of which I, Paul, became a minister. Verse 21 is the one that is, it hit me. It's, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That's what we're talking about, of presenting yourself as a wholly acceptable sacrifice to God. You can't. It is in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach, his death. His death is what gets you in front of God. And going back to what we're talking about in the beginning, that that vulnerability, that nakedness before God, the Father, the the thing is you're not naked. You are covered by the blood of Christ. Right. The, and uh, like Brad was saying that you don't have to change your shirt. You come to him naked. Why? Because, because you are covered by the blood of Christ. You are... I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to finish that one. Let's move on to just the last part of verse one, which is your spiritual worship and what that means. And I think I'll do a little simplistic answer. I know Austin's got some more on this, but just kind of simplistically, spiritual worship it, it it's it goes obviously beyond singing a song on a Sunday morning, or even singing a song in your in your car or at home or whatever. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond vocal singing worship, right? That is a form of worship. Yes. But this worship is, it's a worship with your lifestyle. It's your entire life. Everything from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed is supposed to be an, an act of worship to him. That's what he wants. And that's mm-hmm. what we should strive for. We're gonna, we're, we fall short. We're going to fall short. But I think in this context, he's talking about this spiritual worship of keeping in mind everything that he has said in chapters 1 through 11. And how do we respond to those things? That is our spiritual worship. Is How, how do we then live? How do we now move forward in light of everything that was just said and everything that was just presented in the previous 11 chapters. How do we live? How do we move forward? 
And that is that's the spiritual worship Paul is talking about here. Yeah. Is with everything in mind we know now about God and what he expects of us and what he demands of us, what do we do? Yes. And living that out is our worship, is our spiritual act of worship. Yeah. And yeah, th- this this can get into the the larger topic of, you know, what is worship? Because um, there are forms of worship, like like singing on Sunday and stuff like that, which is actually considered one of the lesser forms of worship. Um, it's one of the, the easiest because you can express your, your emotions. Right. But looking at like what you said, I, I, I'm going to read verse 1 in its entirety, and we'll, we'll finish it out. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. So spiritual worship, what is the way that we are supposed to truly worship God? Uh, in the Greek, when you look at that, it is... Uh, logikin or logikin, it's uh, logikin and Latirian, basically reasonable service. And so from the Greek, uh, logikin, the root word is logos, which is logic or reason. That is, what is logical to God working through divine reason? Logic, true logic. That is, what is logical to God? Not as lo- what not what is logical to human, but what is logical to God. And then Latirian is service, rendered to God or worship. And it's a du- direct reference back to the Hebrew word avoda. And the root word for avoda is three words. It is work, worship, and service. And so in Hebrew, avoda is work, worship, and service. Through your work, you are worshiping and serving God. Through your service, you are working and worshiping God, all three of those need to be simultaneously the exact same thing. Right. And it is not, oh, through my singing, I am worshiping God. And that that is that is true worship. No. No, true worship, true biblical, our purpose here on earth is to literally everything you do in life is for God. And I, <laughs> that gets into so many things. You know, why did God put us here on earth? And the whole, you know, what is your calling? Well, your calling is to give glory to God and worship Him in everything you do. And again, this that leads to a lot of different stuff, which we'll get into next week, because that opens up a whole different can of worms there. <clears throat> we have an episode given to that. You know, right. what is our purpose here on Earth? Which I think we go through and <clears throat> we just scratch the surface on it. Of but course. Uh, our purpose is to live our life for the glory of God. Like, right. everything else that has nothing to do with that is pointless. Even getting, looking at when I uh, have a conversation with someone, with my work, I go door to door and I I talk to customers and, you know, just talking about weather or stuff like that, which is fine. But the the further I get into scripture, the the further my relationship with Christ deepens. When I'm having conversations with people about sports or the weather or just these worldly things, I'm like, this is useless and pointless. And again, not saying that it's sinful or anything like that. Right. It's not. But I want to have everything in context. And what is the context? God. Christ. If everything does not lead back to Christ in your conversation, then for me, it's it's useless and pointless. So I- while you were talking, you know, talking about our purpose, and we we did have that episode on it, and I think we even mentioned this this call and response from the Westminster Catechism, and it, the the question is, what is the chief end of man? Mm. 
The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I mean, yeah. your individual <clears throat> purpose, like the minutia and, and just the everyday, day-to-day purpose, can be summed up there. Your purpose, it is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And you do that throughout your day-to-day life. You do that in your conversations. You do it in your job. You do it wherever you are. That is where you glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah. That, that is the goal. Everything <clears throat> else is secondary yeah. to that goal and that chief end of man. Well, even look ahead. Um, when we look at heaven, we look at the picture of heaven, which we have just a glimpse of it through Scripture. The main consensus right now is when I get to heaven, you got your country boys who are like, um, granted, I, I, I've never actually heard anybody tell me this, but I've heard this through <laughs> country songs. Basically, when I get to heaven, put me on the back 40 and I'll be fishing with my grandpa type deal. Or um, when I get to heaven, you know, it, heaven will be... Just the perfect day, I'll be with my family and stuff like that. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. No, that that is not heaven. When you get to heaven, the, the whole purpose is, okay, let's back it up. Why did God create Adam and Eve? To give glory to him 110%, 24-7. That was it. Why did God create us to do that? We were meant to be on earth to give glory to God and worship him all day long, every day for the rest of our eternal lives. And to work here on earth. That, yeah. that was that was why God made us. So when we get to heaven, that is what we're going to be doing. We are going to be standing in front of God of the universe, worshiping God, glorifying God, singing holy, holy, holy with the angels. Right. And we're we're not we're not gonna be with our grandpas fishing in the little stream on the backside of heaven. We're gonna be with our grandparents as brothers and sisters in Christ with our, our children that have died before we have, and we will be worshiping with them in the presence of God. That, that is heaven. And that is what we should be looking forward to. Exactly. That is, oh man, I'm excited for that. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go. So, you know, we're, we're nearing the end of this episode just for time's sake. Uh, we don't, for our own time's sake, need yeah. to get back to family and cook dinner and whatnot. But also for the sake of our listeners to not have a three-hour episode just kind of thrown at you <laughs> randomly. This is just verse one. Uh, we are on verse one <laughs> of Romans 12. And so next yeah. week, I think we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Let's just, we're going to keep diving into Romans 12 because this was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Very beneficial. I think it's better than whatever topic we'd come up with on Thursday for this, you know? So yeah. we're going to keep going through Romans 12 and we're just going to, we're going to push through it until we, mm-hmm. until we knock it out. I think Austin has a question he wants to leave us with, but I'm going to go through our little closing spiel and let him leave us with this question, and then we're just going to wrap it up for the night. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers and your your generosity. We're so grateful. We are so excited about what's coming. We're so excited about the ideas that we have and that hopefully that God is going to allow us to do through this ministry. Be on the lookout in the next few months. I'm not going to say this every week, so I'm going to say it now, and then once we have something to announce, we'll announce yeah. it. Yeah. Be on the lookout for some stuff uh, in the next few weeks because we're we're pretty stoked and um, just kind of see where this goes and uh, hope you guys again will will subscribe and and kind of share and get the word out about us so we can kind of start growing and good reviews get some good Good reviews on Apple we we're up to nineteen reviews we were at eighteen for a really long time we're now at nineteen so give us some more yeah I don't know who you are but thank you Uh, give us some five star reviews on Apple. Um, leave us a comment on Apple if you if you want to. Only five stars and only nice things, please. You know, don't, don't say anything mean about <laughs> yeah, us. No, that'd be nice. <laughs> but uh, we do. We're we're just so grateful for those of you who stuck with us. And uh, just know 
and, and, and this sounds a little weird, but just know that I really truly feel like the 30 or 40 people that listen to us on a consistent weekly basis, you guys are like on the ground level. We won't forget you. Yeah. Right? When we blow... I'm kidding. Like, we're not... <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, though, you guys are going to be the base and the supporters, the base supporters of this, and we hope you stick with us and keep riding this this roller coaster that we're going to be on here for yeah. hopefully a while. But... Uh, God willing. God willing. So, again, thank you so much. We love you guys. Austin, what is your... I guess your question or your homework for us this week as we wrap up verse one of yeah. Romans 12. So the question I'm posing is not one we're answering right now. And it's a, it's probably one that will devote an entire uh, episode to at some point. Um, but looking at our body as the temple of God, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, can you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, if you continue to tattoo, mark, pierce your body, wear clothing that is inappropriate or draws attention to yourself in a wrong way or in the wrong way. And there, there's more to that too. But again, as you've become a new creation, looking at scripture, what scripture says about the body as, again, the temple of God, can you, accept, can you present yourself as a holy and acceptable sacrifice to him that way? So yeah, just posing that question, pray about it read about it and at some point we might go through and answer it we will definitely go through that because it is a topic that actually there's a couple issues in there that you meant or maybe one issue in there that you mentioned that we actually might be one of the first things we've realized we may disagree on yeah um and so that'd be interesting because just a peek behind the curtain if you don't know us <laughs> you don't actually know who we are or haven't or if you do know me or know austin haven't seen us in a long time or whatever i am very heavily tattooed and i have none and he has none and so there might be some disagreements there yeah. on, on interpretation of scripture so but Nothing that we can't work through. So just peek behind the curtain there. Not a salvation issue. Not a, not a <laughs> salvation issue. Thank God, because I'd be doomed. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so great question. Definitely think on that. Pray through it. I'm going to do the same this week. I know Austin will. And we will be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Rooted in Logos podcast. Uh, until then, again, my name is Brad. Austin. That's Austin. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Stay rooted. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogos. Logos.